Thank you for calling the Jungle Agency. This is Matt. May I help you? Matt, it's Joey Jingola. What's happening, my man? Matt, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How are you doing? This is insurance in your own words from the people who are living and breathing it every day and are struggling to figure out where this industry is going and what they need to do to stay ahead. Hosted by me, Joey Jingola. Let's get into it. We're good. We're busy. You know, we're in a little bit of a lull. This this week has been uh, a little bit of a lull. The phones really haven't been ringing. Not too many referrals coming in. So it's times like these when I'm like, man, now is the perfect time to get some blogging done, and the perfect time to when when nothing's coming in to have the blog out there, like actively working for you. So I'm getting referrals not just from mortgage folks. It's times like these you learn to live again, and it's times like these you give and give again. Of course, I'm quoting the great Dave Grohl, Foo Fighters, anybody, times like these song. Uh, Matt Jungle said, it's times like these that he wishes that the blog was actively working for him when things slow down a little bit, and that this would be the perfect time to get started on writing some blog posts. Now, I could never agree with you more, Matt. That is spectacular. That is obviously my buddy Matt Jungle of the Jungle Agency uh, in Asheville, North Carolina. And I can't agree with Matt more. Yes, you want to take advantage of the opportunities when they present themselves. However, there is one dangerous kind of habit to get into when when approaching things like this, and that is it's kind of like, you know, blogging when things slow down is kind of like going on a diet when there's no food, right? It's easy. There's nothing to eat, so you don't have to worry about it. It's how do you maintain that level of consistency? How do you maintain that that work ethic when it's not easy? right because it's it's something that if you get in the habit of only writing when it's slow then then i guess you know if you're saying well i'm, I'm not that slow that often so i don't need to write that often so if i'm not writing blog posts that often then that means i'm doing a lot of business and that might be true and if that is true then who cares disregard anything that i'm saying and don't listen to this podcast all right hold on probably took it a little too far you can still listen but the point is is if you have enough business the whole point of blogging it's not a public service it's not something to do because a cool dude like me or jason said to it's because you're doing it to get business bottom line if you already have enough business then don't worry about it i guess it's more a question of is the business that you're getting and the way that you're getting it going to continue to keep pace with what you're going to need moving forward and will blogging need to be there at some point to supplement any of that and then start to kind of work its way up of its prominence in, in your agency. But if, if you're, if you have times where it's slow and you want to develop that habit, you have to get in the routine of, of writing when it's not convenient, writing when it's not easy because creating that muscle, creating that content muscle is the only way you will do it enough to where you actually are able to get results from it. Because if you just, again, just writing that post when it is slow, you're not gonna do enough volume to make a dent, to get Google's attention, to have enough volume, to have enough backlog for it to matter. And mattering is what you're after, that's what you're chasing. So yes, it starts in those, those quiet moments that Matt is speaking of to where you, know, you actually have the time to, to get, get started, get rolling, you know, 
just want to make sure that you use those those quiet moments as as a springboard to continue to create a good habit and then to figure out a way to consistently do it over and over again regardless of what your day looks like it has to be something that is that important that that you are that dedicated to if you want to get results I'm getting ready to start one right now. After talking with Chris, I think it's going to have to be, instead of a blog, I think it might just be a landing page. I really want to focus down on homeowner's insurance and like rental properties. So maybe like looking into the commercial side of things like lesser's risk. And then also just on the personal side, just, you know, rental properties. Because we have a strong rental market here in Asheville, for like Airbnb and just other things. Yes, Matt, absolutely fantastic. Yes, you are willing and you're ready to write some blog posts and you even have it drilled down further for more specific content for niches that you want to serve. Great. That's the, that's where you need to go with this. Now, you might remember, Matt, from previous shows, I can't remember the name of it, but again, really, we floated out that kind of that crazy idea of, of creating content focused towards mortgage brokers as you heard Matt say in the first clip that he gets a lot of referrals from those those uh, those referrals coming out I don't know if you mentioned from mortgage guys but they mostly come from his mortgage broker connections people looking to you know finalize loans for houses and that's where he gets a lot of the business so he's got that as a niche but then he's also floating out you know again homeowners insurance is a main theme and what Matt wants to kind of be a part of uh, in addition to, he's talking about rental properties. I think I, I like that a lot uh, for the area because, it, you know, Asheville is, I say beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. Not that I've been there, but I hear it's like a fantastic place to live. And uh, and there's a lot of people that want a vacation there and want to go down there. So there's an opportunity for those rental properties um, to be a very strong niche. If there's a, if there's enough of them, I mean, that, that could be a, a pretty decent sized focus all by itself. I would imagine just guessing. I don't know. But he's really starting to hone in on the content that he wants to create. And when you do that, you make it easier. You give yourself an advantage because you tell yourself who you're talking to. You're not throwing a heat. You're not, I guess you're not firing a shotgun, if you will. And, and you're, you're narrowing that down. Always good. Always better in the content game than um, you know, trying to cast that wide net. Because if you do, you're going to end up writing stuff so generic. And, and we're not professional writers, content creators. We're not writing something that is captivating enough to have somebody just, man, this is some really fantastic writing. You know, they're not going to put it on a hardback and they're not going to put you on a book tour anytime soon. So that's the problem with, you know, being too general with your content. The question though is, is, and, and we're going to hear Matt talk about this is, you know, he said, maybe it's a blog post, maybe it's a landing page. Finding the right vehicle for this content and creating the, the right flow, the, 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 the right funnel is so, so important. I want to do this one landing page for first-time home buyers or people who own their home, just homeowners insurance, where I'm going to go through and make it really long and put videos in there and really jazz it up. But then I'm going to turn around and do the same thing for like rental properties, kind of go from there. All right. Yes, absolutely. I love the sound of that even more. Jazzing up. Jazzing is always fantastic in any capacity. Video is always fantastic in any, well, all right, maybe not any capacity, but video is usually a pretty positive thing. All good stuff, but Matt, this is, you're sure this is going to be a landing page? I think so. I mean, I, I think at least for the homeowners, it's going to be pretty stout and it'd be easier to like share as a landing page, I think, than a blog article. I don't know. Yeah, it might be. Now, this is where things are going to get a little mucky, if you will. That's not as a word, murky? Sure. It's going to get hairy just a little bit because your landing page is only as good as the thing that gets people to it. 
And that's something that you always have to consider. Um, you know, I think the landing page philosophy, the thing that, and I've had a couple agents tell me that, you know, they, they want to create a landing page as opposed to, you know, a blog post. A landing page is a finite thing. There is a start and a stop to it. Yeah, there are start and stop points to blog posts. You write it at the beginning, you write the middle, you write the end, and then it's over. But unlike a landing page, a blog post, there's always another blog post to write. With a landing page, once it's done, it's done. And it's no longer like an ongoing thing. And and creating a landing page sometimes feels like you're accomplishing the same thing. You're 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 satisfying the kind of the box you want to just check off your lists while not necessarily getting the full benefits. Again, back to the, you know, the the diet thing, I guess, if we want to keep on that. You know, it's like eating fat-free butter or something like that, which is stupid because it's not a real thing. Uh, the point is, is that you can do it and, and somebody told you that it's going to work and it's going to be healthy, but it's not. And, and the actual fat and the butter, the real butter that you're eating is actually not that bad for you. It's actually required in some capacity. So it's, it's finding that fat, right? It's, it's, it's it, writing the blog post is, is eating the fat. It, I don't know. It's is getting weird. I'm going to get off of this thing. And the, the point about it is though, is, is that the, I'm not saying that Matt is, is, is thinking about this. I was just thinking about this. I was like, why do I hear some people, you know, tell me that they want to do the landing page. And, um, and I think, I think it's because it's just this thing that is, it's just this one nice, neat little project that they can then again, share on social media. Now I think, yes, Matt, you probably might be correct in saying it is an easy thing to share. Um, and it's less much of a landing page and more of a sales page in some capacity. If you're going to make it really long, you know, include some videos, that's more of a, you're just, you're looking to get them on that page and then you want to close, you know, that lead in, at that point in time, right? It's just, Hey, we're going to get this thing done right here. Whereas in the blog is more of a, you know, a breadcrumb approach. Yeah. They're going to read that blog. If it's a really in-depth blog, you know, 2000 words on, you know, home buyers or whatever it is that you were thinking of putting in that landing page, that blog is their first step to, you know, ultimately just gaining your trust 120% without a doubt. The landing page approach leaves room for doubt, right? It's, it's when, when something is more of a, um, uh, what's that? What's oh boy, English language. When it's more of an impulse buy, right? When it's more of, uh, I'm in a really great state here. This is a cool environment you've created for me here momentarily. And I, I don't want to leave it. I'm going to go forward. Then after that, that haze has kind of worn off, that high has come down, then, then, you know, questions set in. If everything wasn't fully taken care of, then that's when it's, I haven't fully converted this person for lack of a better term. And that's where the difference in, of just hate to a landing page versus multiple blog posts of, of being ingrained into the way that you do business and, and, and kind of creating the sale that way. Now, none of this is good, bad, or indifferent. The question is that you have to ask yourself, what is the strategy behind it? Because Matt can create these awesome landing pages all day long and be very successful with it. But you just have to know how you're going to get people there because otherwise creating a landing page is like creating an awesome engine that you have no fuel for. 
Well, I've never investigated that, but I guess that's a possibility. I wouldn't mind throwing some money at it. I've already got a landing page for a high-value homeowner, so I wouldn't mind having that as one of my niches too, high-value clients. I guess I've never really considered or looked into driving traffic to it. I don't know how to do that exactly. This is definitely something that you don't need to make this harder than it is, as it's not that tricky, right? You have a couple different ways to drive traffic. You can do it through paid channels. If you want to pay Google, you want to do AdWords, you want to pay Facebook to you know promote that landing page, go right ahead. That's how you can get people there. You can drive organic traffic, whether that's through search or through social. Now, that's a different approach, but those are the main ways that you're going to drive traffic to a landing page. You're going to do it by paying to get to people there, or you're going to do it by the elbow grease of, again, rolling the sleeves up when things are busy or aren't busy and, and creating that content to always have that steady stream. Uh, and you can do that through, you know, again, the content through search, or you can create the content to share, to share socially, or you can, if you have a, a, if you really work at it, I mean, you can create content on the specific social platforms natively, you know, Facebook live, Snapchat. I'm not saying these are tried and true. I've tested strategies. I'm saying, but you can create the content in there and then promote the landing pages from there. Um, that's no more or less, I would say hard work than just, you know, writing the, the article that we kind of talked about in the beginning to start with. You just have to know how they're going to get there, right? If, if, if you don't lead them to the, to the landing page, if you don't have things built up, then you're going to just have a nice, pretty shiny car, I guess, with no engine sitting in the garage that, that nobody ever sees because it can't get out on the road. And that's the, the, the biggest thing to keep in mind when, when talking about, you know, landing pages versus blog posts versus niches, because now we've just talked in this episode, Matt's mentioned two, three, maybe four niches. If we really want to get down to it, every landing page, every niche that you explore that doubles, triples, quadruples the amount of content that you need to create for those specific verticals, if you will, those avenues for you to become effective in them in Google's eyes. And that's something that you want to keep in mind and consider as you don't want to stretch yourself too thin at something that you already are not, you don't have a, a strong enough habit built up to continue to execute on when things aren't the most ideal of, of kind of circumstances. All the things that you want to keep in mind when considering, you know, the different approaches and, and why this is a landing page. So that's why I was a little confused as to why Matt might want to take this approach as it, you know, he doesn't have tons of blog posts written that are driving organic traffic yet. That's the priority. So once you get the traffic, then, then you need to funnel that traffic into that highly controlled optimized space for conversion to then continue to lead them closer and closer to your door or the other end of your phone, however you want to look at it. And that's the kind of the, the food chain of content and the, the objective chain as well, right? Don't, you know, yes, it's great. And it's all of these things are fantastic in a bubble. Just make sure that the bubble's big enough or that you have enough of them that you're gonna get somebody from point A to point B without having any holes or having anybody pop it before they can kind of float over your safety net of insurance bliss.
All right, serious question time. I just recently, uh, in a post-holiday kind of lull, I bought myself a Christmas present and bought a Google Home. Uh, if you're not familiar with Google Home, is it's a, basically a little miniature AI assistant that sits in your house that you can tell to do things. And, um, and it's much like the, the Google voice search that you have on your phone, uh, but it is a little more expansive. It connects with your smart devices in your house. I'm in the process of uh, smartening up my house with different devices, and, and it's really changed the way that I think about things. And we talk a lot on this show about you know, how, we, how are we improving the customer experience? How is the sales process changing? How is our role going to change? As these types of things become more and more commonplace and as they get better and better at accessing information i definitely see a time where you know i can just say hey google uh can you tell me um what the most you know or what the you know what auto insurance rates are for me you know for us or whatever it is and it will already have all of that information to pull from if you've given access to it so how do we exist in that environment just something to think about Feel free to shoot me an email, joey at growprogram.com. Tell me what you think about that. I, I'm interested to hear. Is it something that scares you? Are you excited by it? Do you think we stand a chance? I don't know. Let me know. Joey at growprogram.com.